I started um, a series on Wednesday night and it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. It never does. But it went the way God wants it to go. So I think Pastor, when I, he, he um, has a special time with the boys in the bedroom at night and I kept going over this one. I finally found my Bible quit on my iPad, quit talking. So I had to go to another place, find another voice. And so I liked this voice better, but I kept sticking to this one scripture or one uh, chapter in the Bible. I kept, I listened to it a couple times. And so, God, I just yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body this morning. I thank you for the privilege of being placed, both Pastor and I, over this wonderful, wonderful congregation. This is their church. We are their shepherds. And we're a family. And this family sticks together. And this family pulls together. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for unity. I thank you, Father, that we saw things Wednesday night. If, if people will get in unity, that nothing's impossible. And so that, that's what we're striving for right now, God. We need, we need to see such unity and such coming together and such love for one another that nothing can break that bond that we have. And so my, my prayer today is, Father God, that anything that's not of you that will just right now and during the sermon and during communion, we'll just lay it aside and allow the Holy Ghost to move mightily in our lives, to move like we've never seen before in this church. And we've had some spectacular things take place. But I'm looking for the things, Jesus, that you promised us when you called us here. That this church would be a hospital and whatever the need, people would come and be, be, receive whatever they need. And that's been pastors in my prayer from the very beginning. And the things that you've promised us and given to us, they will be fulfilled. You've sent us here for a purpose and a plan, and it will come to pass in this lifetime. And I praise you for it, Jesus. I thank you that we're coming in to that wide place. God, I just give you the glory. In Jesus' name, I bind every harassment, every principality and power, and I thank you, God, for your power and your anointing and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Chronicles, I was there the other night. It's not in my notes, but I'd like to go back there. I see the glory and the power of God in Second Chronicles. And I see God moving in such a miraculous way when a people 
will come together. So I'm just going to read a little bit of it, how powerful praise and worship is. And we're going to start with verse 1 in chapter 20. After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and, the, and with them the Mennonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And it was told Jehoshaphat that a great multitude has come against you from beyond the Dead Sea, from Edom. Behold, they are in Heza, Tamar, which is Endegi. And then Jehovah feared. You know, when you hear an evil report, the first thing that comes, the enemy will try to bring fear to you. But then immediately he set himself determinedly as his vital need to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast in all Judah. He set himself in faith, we see here, and Judah gathered together and asked help from the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah came to seek the Lord, yearning for him with all their desire. There are several things that I see here that need to take place in this country, in the churches in this country, in the body of Christ in this country, so we can see things turn around. Number one, there are so many people in fear at what's going to happen next. Fearful for their jobs, fearful for their families, fearful for whatever. Yet Jesus said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Church, one thing that we have been given is a sound mind. We have been given the mind of Christ to operate through. And, it, and it's something that we have to strive for. We have to go after with everything that we have. And so even though he feared, he operated in faith and set himself determinedly in his vital need to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast in Judah, and Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord, yearning for him with all their desire. There is a place in God that he is desiring us to go, and that's yearning for him with all our desire. Everything that we have, everything within us needs to yearn for God. We need to desire him. We need to want him more than anything in the world. Nothing, nothing is more important than our relationship with God. And to come together, the Lord showed us in, at least me in Hawaii, how important it is for this church to come to attention as they do in the military. Come to attention immediately and stand up and come together with a purpose and yearn for God. I'm not saying the military is yearning for God, but we as a body need to yearn for God together. Hallelujah. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah. And this is the part that, that um, in verse 6, and he said, O Lord God of our fathers, you are not 
Are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And your hand, in your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. You know, we learned in early class this morning that to walk in our righteousness, that we need to believe the word of God. And we need to understand that God is greater than any other force in this world, in this universe. God is greater. Get that in your head. Anytime the enemy comes to you and says that he is going to destroy something or that he tries to make you think that he's greater than the situation, <clears throat> my Bible says that the things impossible with man are possible with God. And no weapon, no weapon formed against you or me shall prosper. And any tongue that rises against us in judgment shall be shown to be in the wrong. And we have got to come to the place where we believe his word. Kick out anything that says differently. Don't read anything that says differently. Know what you believe and, and walk on it and act upon it right now in this hour. Hallelujah. So it says, he says in God, um, he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nation? In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They dwelt in it and have built your sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If evil comes upon us, the sword of judgment or pestilence or famine, you will stand before this house and before you for your name and your symbol of your presence is in this house and cry to you in our afflictions and you will hear and save. The church, we have to come to this point as a body. Every one of us has personality defects that we could pick apart in every one of us, present company included. But we go beyond that and we see who you, I see who you are in Christ and I ask you to see who I am in Christ and who pastor is in Christ. Not look at the negative aspects, but look at who we are in Christ. What the word says about us. We need to change our mindset immediately. Hallelujah. So he goes on to say, If evil comes upon us in verse 9, the sword of judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you for your name and the symbol of your presence is in this house 
And we cry to you in our afflictions, and you will hear, and you will save. As for me and my house, this church, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. And now behold the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would have let, would, who you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they have turned from and did not destroy. Behold, now listen, they start speaking covenant talk here, and we need to speak covenant talk. From this day forth, church, we need to speak covenant talk. We need to change our way of thinking. We need to change our way of speaking. For life and death are in the power of the tongue, and we will eat the fruit of it, and we need to change our way of thinking and our way of speaking in every situation that comes, it comes our way. So he's, he's, te- he's telling God, but they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not exercise judgment upon them? For we have no might to stand against this great company that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Our eyes are upon you. Our eyes this morning, God Almighty, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, are upon you. We come to you as a body this morning in the name of Jesus. And we come in in unity with our eyes on you. With the word of God in our mouth. For you word, your word says we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So God, no matter what the news says, no matter what the world says, no matter what the devil says, Your word is greater than what the enemy has to say. Hallelujah. And we know what happens. God tells them to go down. He says, you will not have to fight this battle. He said, set out the praisers. And when they began to praise, the... God sent the enemy to have ambushments against one another and they killed one another and all Israel had to do was go in and pick up the spoils. Set yourself on these things. See these things. We need a change in this country. Churches across America need to get on their faces before God come together in unity and start speaking to God in covenant talk and not allow the enemy to come in. I do not want to hear what the news says. I do not watch the news. I have not watched it for years. If it happens to fall there when we're on vacation, I just move on. I don't care what other people say what I care about is what God says. Hallelujah. 
All that matters it was, is what God says. Because God is our source. God is our stronghold. He is the one that has saved us, delivered us, and set us free. We need to seek his face and be obedient to him. Hallelujah. Okay. So, I, I did Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. If we'll turn there, this is where I ended the other night. I don't want to hear evil reports. I don't want to hear evil reports about you. And I don't want to hear evil reports about me. I want to hear what God has to say and what God has to say only. Therefore, um, verse 1, since we are surrounded by so great, I'm reading out of the Amplified, a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin which does so readily, deftly, and cleverly cling to and entangle us, and let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course, the race that is set before us. Every one of us has been given an appointed course, a race that is set before you. Individually, and as a body, we have been given. Pastor is, is going to be preparing the vision that he has for this church. And he will give it out. <clears throat> we need to grab hold of it and run with it. Pray for it. Pray it in and run with it. Hallelujah. Looking away from all that will distract Looking away from all that will distract. This is for each one of us. We need to look away from anything that will distract us from our goal and our mission in Jesus Christ. Every church has a calling. Every church has a mission. It needs to line up with the word of God. And we need to grab hold of this this vision and run with it. Every person before the foundations of the earth, God spoke into existence his plan for your life. It's up to you to ask him what his plan is and run with it. That means you have to stay hooked into him continually, every second, every minute of the day. Hallelujah. We cannot become distracted in this hour. This is the hour that, that these people were looking for. This is the hour that all the apostles and the disciples and people that went on before us were desiring to be in. We say, you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Looking on away from all that would distract to Jesus, who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. 
he for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him endured the cross, despising and ignoring the shame, and now is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Just think of him who endured from sinners in such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself, reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and feigning in your minds. These are the areas the enemy wants to pull you into. And I want you to listen closely. We need to reckon up, consider it in comparison with your trials. Our trials are nothing compared to what Jesus went through. He was tempted with every sin that has ever been and that will ever be on this earth. And he overcame them. As a man, not as God, but as a man. And he said, greater are you that's in me than he that's in the world. And greater things in me shall you do. We need to get up our, off of our blessed assurance and look forward and plan on doing the works of Jesus. So he says several things here. Hang on. So that you may not grow weary. You cannot allow yourself to grow weary in well-doing. Or exhausted. Losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds. These are the things that the enemy wants you to do. So write them down, make a checklist, ask God to reveal to you in what areas these things have attacked you, in what areas you've fallen for them, and turn it around. Only you can turn it around with God's help. Only you know what's going on inside. Only you know if you're offended. If you're offended, get rid of it today. Because when you become offended, it opens the door to, the, door to the, the root of bitterness that defiles many. And you do not want that root of bitterness to grow in you because it will literally take you away from the things of God. And if you have a root of bitterness, ask God, get rid of it. If you need to go to someone, go to them. Hallelujah. So it says, look at these things, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your mind. You need to ask yourselves, are there areas, I hope you're writing this down. If you have a cell phone, turn it off. Write these things down. Nothing is more important when you come to sit in the presence of God. I don't really care if you like my preaching or not. God sent me here. I'm sitting here until he tells us to move somewhere else or go on home to be with him. 
You've got us. And so we pray. We seek God's face. We ask him what he has for you. And take it. We've heard John Bevere talk how he got offended with his, with his pastor over little things. And for, I believe it was six months, did not hear the word of God, closed himself up and lost out on six months of his life. And it was him that had the problem. So if you have a problem with either one of us, and you can't shake it off, then I ask you to come to us and talk it over. So, or you will become, you will grow weary. You'll become exhausted. You'll lose, lose heart. You'll relax and you'll faint in your minds. You do not want a fainting mind. Trust me, it's not worth it. Galatians 6, 9. Are you coming up and going to talk now? My first part, he says, read it. There are wonderful things about God and his ability to supply all the needs of man. You want to come on up here this morning? Almost from the beginning, <clears throat> there has been murmuring and complaining against him in one form or another. The existence to murmur and complain remains much the same as it was in the beginning. Murmur. Pastor does not know what my notes say. Did you read my notes? He has no idea. A flow of words or sounds. Murmur. A flow of words or sounds to utterance. Distraction. Dissatisfactions. Utter in almost inaudible tones with the mouth. Echoic. Insolent words. In medicine, any abnormal sound heard by listening by a stethoscope of various parts of the body, especially such sounds in the region of the heart, resulting from lesions, injuries, or impairment of heart valves. Murmur. Bible. To grumble, to complain, to be against, to blame, to snort with anger. Boy, this sounds like a bull. Have indignation. To be obstinate. To grudge. Stop. Tarry a waster. To rebel. How often are murmuring mingled with, food, with foods we eat? Because we, do not exactly, because we are not exactly pleased with it. The quality and preparation. The weather. Because it doesn't fit our plans, our jobs, because it calls for some distasteful or irksome things, or maybe people or places, murmur, murmur. Exodus 16, 1 and 2. Well, I think you should be doing this, but I'll go ahead and do it. I have a dear friend. You don't know the person. They're pastors. <clears throat> they have families in their churches. They get together and murmur about the pastor. Not only does that set a demonic force against their pastor, but it also causes a demonic force to be set against them. 
And the Bible clearly states, when you judge, you will be judged doubly. And some people are sitting in double judgment right now in their churches and in their families, and they don't even realize it. They don't know what's going on. It's time, and this was not, I didn't, had nothing to do with this this morning. This is the Holy Ghost, I'm sure. It's Communion Sunday. But I know, excuse my expression, the hell that my friend has gone, and gone through because of it. She said, I just happened to marry into this. I did not know what I was marrying into. I had not planned on becoming a pastor's wife. But the literal hell that, that she has gone through has made her want to run away, has almost destroyed their marriage. Thank God she has a friend that she can call and we can pray. But you cannot imagine the things that people have done all through murmuring. Exodus 16, 1 and 2. You want to come up and do this? It's your sermon? Okay, Exodus 16, 1 and 2. Well, it says right on at 10, 18, 15, God gave it to you. Why don't you come do it? You want me to do it. Okay, I'll do it. And this is the truth. Pastor did not get a hold of my sermon. Exodus 15. Sixteen, I apologize. They set out from Elam with all the congregation of Israel, came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between, well, that sounds like fun, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they left the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness and said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill us, the whole assembly, with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. The people will go, shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may prove them whether they will walk, whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, they shall prepare and bring in twice as much as they gather daily. Is that it? I think I've gone beyond. They certainly remembered their sensual delights in Egypt, but forgot, easily forgot their cruel treatment of their taskmasters, how they fought, how they forgot how graciously God provided for their need, and the plagues that were spread that, that they were spared of. When they left Egypt, there was none that was feeble among them, and they took the riches of Egypt with them. 
They did not once think of these things. A short memory leads to quick complaints and murmuring. Fact, when the opportunity comes their way, first review the past and recount the Lord's blessings. Philippians 4.8 Honey, if you wanted to teach this morning, when you got me up late, you could have told me. Or did you have this for me? Okay. Practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and model your way of living on it and the God of peace of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. Like the children of Israel, did not God deliver them out of their calamities? Is God likely to forgive you? If God ransomed our souls from the power of Satan, he will not regard your body, which is included in the ransom price. Psalm 77, 10 and 11. It always amazes me how God can use two people and speak to two people separately and no one knows what the other one is thinking or what the other one is doing because the whole, but the Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit loves us so much that he wants us to free us from the things that are holding us in bondage in this hour. You might have to take over. And if you have to take over, then you have to look at my chicken scratch. Psalm 77, 10 and 11. And I say... This apparent desertion of Israel by God is my appointed lot and trial. But I will recall the years of the right hand of the Most High in loving kindness extended towards us. And this is my grief that the right hand of, of the Most High changes. I will earnestly recall the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will earnestly remember the wonders you have performed for our fathers of old. Hallelujah. You want me to do more? Look back and remember the goodness to you. Murmurers are short-sighted. They fail to see the behind, that behind all appearances of things, that lies hid, the presence and provision of God, verse 8. Philippians, was that verse 8 of 77? Eight. Of what? Exodus 16. Exodus 16. I got to go back there. You're making me cry up here. I just think about the goodness of God and the goodness he has towards us.
I don't know what what went on while we were gone, and I don't care. But I'm going to be honest. For the first time in many years, I was ready to pack it up and and leave. I'm going to be honest. Um, I don't want to go into it. It doesn't matter. But it was so heavy. Sixteen what? Eight. And Moses said, this will happen when the Lord gives you in the evening flesh to eat and in the morning bread, bread to the full because the Lord has heard your grumbling which you murmured against him. What are we? Your murmurings are not against us but against the Lord. Are you sure you want me to do this thing? Murmurs are short-sighted. They fail to see that behind all appearances of things, there lies hid the presence and provisions of God. Philippians 4.19 Thanks, honey. I don't even know what's going on, but And my God will liberally supply, fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. They fail to see be that behind all appearances of things, their lies hid the presence and provisions of God. Is that it? You're going to give me more? No, I wish you'd come do this. I will never leave you or forsake you. God must really care for you if all the hairs of your head are numbered. Okay. Uh, this is your sermon. I've had enough.
do we want to be free? 2 Corinthians 2.14. Oh God, I don't want to do this. Now thanks be unto God, which also care, cast, causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in every triumph as trophies of Christ's victory and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. For we are the sweet fragrance of God, which exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and are among those who are perishing. You ask, what is, what's, what's going on? I can't tell you, but when, I was in, when we were in Hawaii, I kept picking up strong intercession for this body that the enemy was literally trying to tear this body apart. And I just prayed and prayed and prayed, and I said, God, I don't know what's going on, but, on, but you do. Remember when that valley of the dry bones and God took the prophet out there and he said, can these bones live? The prophet was smart, and he said, you know. <laughs> Sometimes as pastors, we have to put our place there and say, you know, God, and just pray. I asked my husband, I said, one thing I'm asking you, if I ever start having a root of bitterness, because I felt there were roots of bitterness in this congregation that were welling up against one another. I don't know who, I don't care who, I'm just saying today, when we go to the, the communion table, if that's you, get rid of it there. And I begged him, I said, if you ever see this happening with me, get me out. Get, a, get me out of here. Because, church, I do not ever want to have a root of bitterness. I've been there before, and I never want to have that again. And I know God is literally cleaning house in his children. If you can't enter into praise and worship, there is something wrong. There's things that, signs that, that, that start, and if you can't, be with someone and, and be close to someone. And if, you, if, if they come, you want to leave. We've got to come together as a, as a congregation. God kept speaking that to me. I don't know about pastor in Hawaii. It's time. It's time for this congregation to come together and do the works that God has called us to do. 
and we can't if there's any kind of resentment, bitterness, anything. We don't want it. We see in, in Hebrews two brothers. One brother got upset, wanted his wanted a pot of lentils, sold sold out his birthright for lentils. Can you imagine? You're all looking like, I don't know what, get a smile on your face. This is a, a sermon of, of joy to me. It's not supposed to be crying. I didn't know what pastor was getting, but I wish he would have done it, but that's okay. Do we want to be free? I know every one of us wants to be free from anything. There's so much this morning as I was in the bathroom, and this is so weird, this song came to me. Doris Day, and I share this in early class, Doris Day used to sing this song, K Sera, Sera, whatever will be, will be. It talks about a little girl asking her mother, what will I be? And her mother said, whatever, doesn't, whatever you'll be, but that's not the way it is. God has a plan for us. We are to be like him in this earth. That's what we're to be. It's not case Sarah, Sarah, just throw it out there and you're going to be whatever. No, it's what God has, has spoken for us to be. This church is a word of faith church. This word, this church walks by faith, not by sight. This church is called the holiness. This church is, is a place where if somebody wants to be seeker friendly, they're not going to feel good here because you're going to hear about sin. There are churches that won't talk about sin because they might offend somebody. You know, I would rather offend somebody than to have them go to hell and me stand before God and hear. And I'm not judging any pastors or whatever. I don't want to hear. Why did you not prepare the people? I don't want to be left here. I certainly don't want to be left here. And I want to make sure that every one of us in this body is in heaven together. Everyone happy, rejoicing, ready, prepared when that trumpet call comes. Amen? So, we're fighting the fight of faith. Our minds are the battleground. Whenever we allow, whatever we allow to capitate, capitate. <laughs> Captivate our minds will rule our lives. How many know that? Whatever captivates our minds will rule our lives. Have you ever thought about that? Think about this. Our minds are the battleground. Whatever we allow to captivate it or take captive of it or give our minds over to, it rules us. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, it's, our mind is a precious, precious gift from God, even to the point where he said, you have the mind of Christ, through the word of God, through the washing of the water of the word, you can have the same 
mind that Jesus Christ operated with on this earth, that is powerful. Everywhere he went, he went about doing good and healing all, all who were oppressed of the devil. That was his mind. He had a desire to do what God desired. God's desire, church, is for us to go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, allowing him to use us to minister to people. If I can't do that, then I don't want to be here. I don't want to be left on this earth. I want to just be with Jesus. My whole life, our whole life, is to see people set free. Our whole goal is to see people set free. I pray he comes before I'm 120, but that's our whole life. I don't see retirement. That is our life. And that should be all of our lives. Who can we see set free today in Jesus' name? Who can we help in Jesus' name? God, why have you put me in this place of work? You've placed me here for a plan and a purpose. What is it and what, I, what can I do for you to bring it to pass today? He has that for every one of us. When we walk in a store, when we, when we go through the Starbucks line, I thought I, the other day we went through and, and Reuben was there and I thought, I don't want, I recognize him, but I don't want him to recognize me. <laughs> they can cheat. They can see you. So don't do anything in the line that, <laughs> that you wouldn't want anybody to see. He could see, did you see Pastor right away? You couldn't see me though, right? Yeah, I was in the passenger seat. I thought, great. Pardon? What'd you say? See, they cheat. They could tell. And I thought we were beyond you being at work because I think we were a little later than normal. But I was hoping we can get up there and see him where he can't see us. That didn't work. Kind of like God, we thinks we can get away with stuff sometimes where we can't we can't see Him, but He can see us. You know, I'm not saying. I, well, Reuben, you are godly. He has a very loving spirit. I love that about him. But positive. But I just thought, you know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it through this line where He can't see me. Well, He knew right away. Forget it. So. Where am I? Remember, when fighting the fight of faith, your mind is the battleground. Whatever we allow to captivate our minds will rule our lives. We must refuse to surrender. Our mind is so important. There are two, there's one minister in this town and a minister's wife that has Alzheimer's one right now. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. One of the um, people in our church in Oregon's mother just died after seven years of Alzheimer's. That breaks my heart. She loved Jesus. She loved the word of faith. 
that's that's heartbreaking to me, heart wrenching. Our mind is is something that we have to have full control of, or allow God to have full control of continually. That's why Jesus said, "Watch what you hear." That's why it talks about in Coloss, Coloss, Colossians, the philosophies of the age. Let's turn there a minute. Uh, this sermon might take till Jesus comes, whatever. You pulled a fast one on me. I, I'm not going to get bitter, but um, I owe you one. Not just kidding. <laughs> Colossians chapter 1. Or chapter 2, I believe it is. Come on, Colossians. Where are you? I will tell you, Colossians chapter 2 really helped my mind when I needed help. <laughs> okay. Uh, in whom, let's go, let's, let's just, um, let's go to verse 1. For I want you to know how great in my solicitude for your for you how s- severe an inward struggle i am engaged in for you and for those believers at laodicea and for all who all who like yourselves have never seen my face and know me personally in for my concern is that their hearts may be braced a brace, braced, comforted, cheered, and encouraged as they are knit together in love. That is my desire for you, church, that we be knit together in love, for they, they come to have the abundant or abounding wealth and blessing of assured conviction and understanding that they may become progressively more intimately acquainted with and may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly the secrets of God, which is Christ the Anointed One. In Him, all the treasure of divine wisdom, verse 3, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. Listen to this. In him all treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. In this, I say this in order that no one may mislead and delude you by plausible and persuasive and attractive arguments and and beguiling speech. Church, there is so much out there. I feel for those that are in colleges today. I feel for those that are in, in school today. Any school. The things that pastor read the book Common Core on vacation, the things that the enemy, that the enemy is trying to put in our children's minds in this hour not only their minds but adults minds you need to know who you are in Christ Jesus and what you believe amen 
And he goes on to say, I say this in order that no one may mislead and delude you by plausible and persuasive and attractive arguments and beguiling speech. This is how we are, we are pulled away from God. Someone that comes to mislead and delude you by plot. Now, understand this, please. By plausible and persuasive and attractive arguments and beguiling speech. How do you think divorces take place? How do you think things happen? Because this one area right here, how do you think Eve was misled? The enemy came to her and beguiled her and deluded her and he was persuasive and he had attractive arguments and beguiling speech. Look at that. Look at that fruit over there. Yet God told you, you can't have it. You can't touch it. You can't look at it. You can't have it. She probably never cared about it. They had everything else they could ever have. You have everything in the world that you can have, not the world, but in God, you can have. Yet there's an enemy out there that wants to persuade you through speech. I've never told you this, I don't think, but when I got my divorce, all of my girlfriend's husbands came knocking at my door thinking that I needed a man. I said, are you crazy? I just got rid of one and you are the last person I would even think of. If I'd been bold enough, I would have gone to every one of them. But you know what? The sad thing is, they would have thought it was my fault. That's how minds think. He says, I say this in order lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Please underline this in your Bible because the enemy wants to beguile you with enticing words. For though I've been absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ Jesus. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so ye walk in him. Walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. He says, as you have received Christ, this is the Amplified, even as Jesus the Lord, so walk Regulate your lives and conduct yourself in union with and conformity to him. Have your roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. See to it, and this is up to us, that no one carries you off as spoil or makes you yourselves captive 
by his so-called philosophy and intelligent, intelli intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fantasies and plain nonsense, following human tradition, men's ideas of material rather than, spirit than spiritual world, just crude notions following the rudiment and elementary teachings of the universe and disregardings the teachings of Christ the Messiah. This is exactly the world we live in today. Listen to me. Take heed. Take warning. This is exactly what we're seeing it that no one carries you off. For in him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in body from giving complete expressions of our divine nature. And you are in him made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you are to, you, to you too are filled with the Godhead. Think of this. You're filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual statue. And he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. So he's saying to us, watch out. The enemy's out there. He wants you to believe his lies. He wants you to think like him. You know, you're only in church twice a week if you come twice a week. That's why God said, forsake not the assembling even so much more as the evil day approaches. Because he knew what was going to be out in the world, what was going to try to pull you away from Jesus Christ even so much more in the end. Praise you, Jesus. Now I can go back to my sermon, I think. What we, what we, whatever we allow to captivate our minds will rule our lives. We must refuse to surrender. Satan's job is to kill your faith. How doubt defeat through doubt defeat and discouragement. Think of Eve. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, 5, casting down imaginations, reasonings, and every high thing that exalts the knowledge of God and bring in captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Thought. The action or process of thinking seri serious consideration. That's what thought means. The action or process of thinking. Serious consideration. When the enemy tries to come and make you believe what it says here in Colossians, make you believe some thought that's contrary, that tries to carry or spoil you and make you captive, with his so-called philosophy, vain deceits, nonsense, whatever. Get away as quickly as you can. As quickly as you can. 
You can't hang around with your old friends. They will pull you, they will, if you, the only reason you can is to lead them to Jesus. If you're not there leading them to Jesus and talking about Jesus, then get away. Imaginations. When Pastor and I, when Pastor came back to the Lord and I got saved, we had friends that drank. I'll never forget it. Now, I'll be honest with you. I drank for a very short while after I was born again. Very short. Until I, I knew in my spirit it was wrong. We went to their house. There was a party at the house. I don't know if Pastor remembers. It was out in Los Lomas. I can't remember the guy's name. We, you know, we just were very good acquaintances. He worked with the people. It was harder on him. He worked with the people. And he ends up with a preaching wife. Um, we got there, everybody was drinking, it was like, that's not me anymore. I don't need that. I used to pop Valium and drink, so, you know, I don't need this anymore. What I have, they need. What they have, I don't need, and so I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. Well, guess how many times we were invited to the parties after that? <laughs> not too many. But if we'd continued going, it would have been a lot easier and more tempting to follow my old pattern of life than to, to not. And so, talk about Jesus. They all needed to be saved. I think two or three of them got saved finally. Am I correct? One. One. <laughs> that we know of. The act, or, the act of power of forming a mental picture of something not present to the senses. That's your imagination. The act or power of forming a mental picture of something not present to the senses. In other words, you begin to imagine the thing. Oh, that, that sounds like, you know, it's, it's okay. It's not that bad. So... Well, the more you start thinking on it, I need this for my health, <laughs> or whatever. The more you start thinking about it, the more you will be drawn. It's like a magnet drawn towards it. You know, your old friends, the thing you, things you used to do with your old friend, it'll, you'll be drawn like a magnet. And then you'll leave feeling worse. A strong foothold, a fortified place, a fortress. When we think a thought too much or meditate on one thing, it can become a stronghold. We know what Philippians 4, 8 says. We're to fix our thoughts on whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know, like I said, I really appreciated the, the pastor appreciation thing. I'm glad we got away from the church. I'm glad we went out. It kind of reminded me of Jesus preaching out there. Um, it's beautiful. I don't know how come they're getting to water everything out there, but I'm really glad. It was so green, nice, warm, acorns falling on pasture. I didn't like the spider crawling on me, but that was okay. I made it through it. I survived it. I wanted to take my top off and kill it, but didn't, you know. 
that <laughs> when we <laughs> I had to not think about that spot that thought of that spider crawling up and down inside my shirt I'm going to be honest with you I had to get my mind on him and the sermons and the acorns dropping on him when we think a thought too much or meditate on it the thing can become a stronghold Romans 12 1 and 2 why did he say I appeal to you. I plead with you and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies. He says, I'm pleading you. I'm begging you. I'm appealing to you. Make a decisive dedication of your bodies. You notice he didn't say of your mind. You notice he didn't, he said, of your bodies. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. He's pleading, do not be conformed to this world, this age fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new attitude, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Thank you, Jesus. This is where he goes on to say in three that he's given us the measure of faith. He just doesn't say, go do it. He gave us the measure of faith so we could do it. Have you noticed that God always says if he asks us to do something, he tells us how? He gave us faith to do whatever he's asked us to do. I'm going to stare at you, Whitney, today. I plead you, how? Put on the armor of God. You don't have to put it on every day. You know what part of you's missing. <laughs> One, do the word of God. Luke 6, 47. Two, through the blood of Jesus. Revelations 12, 11. Three, use angels. You know, in Hebrews seven fourteen, let's turn there. We don't have time this morning to go through all these, but this one I want to use because this is a promise, and I hope I got the right one. Nope. Anyway, it talks about ministering angels given to us wait Hebrews 1 I'm sorry 1 verse 14 um, are not the angels all ministering spirit servants sent to sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation, use your angels. 
send them out there. Get out there, take care of that. I shared how we were in a line at Walgreens on a Wednesday night and it, got, it wasn't moving. So I started praying, God, move them out. So one by one, the cars would get out of the line. <laughs> Next car got out of the line. I looked at pastor and I said, this is what you need to do when you're in a grocery line. Use number four, the name of Jesus, Proverbs 18.10. Five, your tithe, Malachi 3.10. Bring God in remembrance of your tithe, God. I gave him my tithes and offerings. You are the source that takes care of these things. Six, the armor of God. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Isaiah 54, 11 through 17. No weapon formed against my mind shall prosper because I put it in agreement with your word mine you're going to line up if i have to and this is what i had to do i'll have to march you to god every time well i'll tell you it didn't come overnight it took months years because the thing would come back and go let's try it again Then I think I overcame it. Let's do it again. So I learned. Keep it up. Just don't let it go. Be prepared. First Thessalonians 5 talks about that. And we will stop right here. And Pastor, I'm going to let you... Well, I'm going to do it this morning. Why don't you turn to the scripture that you always do. And I'm going to turn to Isaiah 53. Thank you, honey, for your sermon. It's up here. Hmm. So, long story short. He's going to tell me if I get a root of bitterness, which I don't plan on because I don't want that. We're here to stay unless God says move. which I doubt he would do. Because I love you guys. I'd hate to try to think of starting with somebody else. But I will tell you one thing that the Lord showed us on vacation. We go on vacation to not just enjoy one another and enjoy the beauty, and what, but to hear from God. Vacation to me is like a fast. I go, prepare myself to hear from God on what we're to do. We don't talk about anybody. We don't talk about the church. We don't do whatever unless it's, you know, praying, whatever. But we're here to hear from you, God. All right, you ready? What did I say? Isaiah, are you getting anything out of this this morning? Anything? Other than pastor giving me his sermon and me crying? I hope what I said did not upset anybody. If I can't be honest with you, I don't know who I can be honest with. I had to work some things out because the, the intercession was so 
tremendous. It was like, God, help. I don't know what you all were going through, but I believe God's taking care of it. All right, are you ready? Isaiah 53. <laughs> Verse 4, surely he bore our griefs. If any of you have griefs, he bore it. In the communion, this is all the things in the communion table this morning. You need to give over to Jesus. Just hand them over to him. And say, Lord, I'm giving this to you. You've already borne it. You've already paid for it. I don't want it back. And then walk away from it as you take communion. 'sicknesses, weaknesses, distresses, and carried our sorrows. And pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him smitten, stricken, and afflicted by God, as it fit with as if with leprosy. As you look at this, you see that he was afflicted by God. Am I correct? This tells you right here the story that I was raised with after I became a Christian that God put stuff with on you. This tells you right here God will not put anything on you because Jesus took it. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt. If you have any kind of guilt this morning, get rid of it. Stand on 1 John 1, 9. Get rid of it. And iniquities, the chastisement needed to obtain our peace and well-being for us was upon him. If you don't have peace, receive it this morning. And with his stripes, that wounded him, you are healed and made whole. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, sweetie. Paul shares, he says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. That's heavy. Uh, at the table, the communion table, he was betrayed. Um, when we come up to the communion table, uh, not taking this seriously is like a betrayal to him. Okay. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye off as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup from the Lord.